I've got the time, you say. Sure, it's half an hour ago. I've got the phenol of the species. Game Science! Hello there, welcome to Date Fight. It's a podcast where we take things that occurred on this day in history and we pitch them against each other. Yes, we do. And Nat wins because he does does like really good prep and everything. (laughs) Idiot. He's Jake Yap, I'm Nat Tapley, and together we have looked through all of the events that have ever happened to any human on the face of the planet and decided there were only two worth talking about, and these are the two. Uh, Lizzie Wilkins, can tell us which is the best? It's me. Um, <laughs> hello, Lizzie. It's you. Thank you. Now, <laughs> to continue the charade of the podcast. Guys, what did you say? What did, what did you say, guys? Nothing, what? nothing. We weren't doing anything. What did you say? I don't know. Just like said, we, we really loved you. We think you were great. Oh, yeah. you Touch your face. Yeah, yeah. Right, 15th of August, 1915. The New York world breaks the story of the great phenol plot. Mmm. Who likes phenol? Everyone in the First World War because you used it for making ammunition and aspirin. Oh. Uh, during the First World War, oh. um, the US imported most of its phenol from Great Britain. Um, again, you could use it for aspirin, high explosive uh, trinitrophenol, and phonograph records using the Edison method. Where'd you get method, phenol? The... Um, you Where'd you get phenol to, from? You have to start a factory to make phenol. It's some but what's it made of? Do you add sugar to oh, wasps or go. something? I take it's, back everything I said about you it's doing organic chemistry. I take it's... everything back. <laughs> phenol. Anyway, Thomas Edison built himself a factory to have more phenol so he could get rid of the shellac records. He didn't like shellac. Um, but because Great Britain was using all its for explosives, there wasn't any phenol around. Um, so the price of it rose. And Bayer in Germany, the company which made aspirin, couldn't buy any to make their aspirins out of because for some reason Germans hadn't worked out how to make phenol. Um, and the aspirin patent was coming up for to expiry, and Bayer really wanted to like get into the aspirin business in a big way, but they couldn't. Edison had built himself this phenol factory, which was producing 11 tonnes of phenol. I don't know what it is, but I know how much it weighs. 11 tonnes of phenol every day. And they were meant to be sending the excess to Great Britain to use in ammunition and in explosives. Um, but Hugo Schweitzer who was a German living in America, set up a front company called the Chemical Exchange Association to buy up Edison's excess uh, phenol, three tonnes a day, and then he would send it to Bayer to make aspirins out of. Um, Heinrich Albert organised the whole plot, and he left his briefcase on a train, stupidly, and he was being followed by the Secret Service, who snatched (laughs) the (laughs) the briefcase and looked through it and found all the documents, which they then leaked to the New York world. Although it wasn't illegal, they couldn't arrest him for anything, because he was just buying a chemical up. Um, What they could do was leak it to the press, who then uh, put it on the front page and said, look, Thomas Edison's selling all these chemicals to Germans, um, despite the fact they're not really our friends in the war. I mean, technically, America was neutral, but they were meant to... Since the sinking of the Lusitania, no one had really mm. liked the Germans in America. Um, so they had to stop. But the Germans still netted $2 million and it kept Bayer alive. Um, but Ed, Edison had to stop selling phenol to them and start selling it to the US military instead. And that was the great phenol plot of 1915. That was phenomenal. Thank Whoa. you. Rubbish. I've... <laughs> We're too self-aware on this podcast. I've got <clears throat> the 15th of August... 2015. Mm-hmm. And do you know what North Korea does? 
Ooh. A dance. Whatever it likes. It introduces it show... Pyongyang time. Oh. oh. Is that like an hour of those dances at a crazy Pyongyang fest? It's Gangnam style. It is eight and a half hours ahead of UTC. Oh. Uh, so uh, that's universe time. Yeah. Um, it's basically Greenwich Mean Time. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> they decide to uh, do it half an hour. Uh, this is because. It's traditional. Uh, it goes all the way back to 1434 uh, when that had been a thing. Um, so, I mean, amazing. 2015. You wouldn't think a time zone would change in the world no. in 2015, but it did. Uh, and they said, yes, no, that's because we will not. We This, this is a break from imperialism. Uh, this is the government of North Korea took this decision and it uh, went into effect on the 70th anniversary of the liberation of Korea. And um, it was a nightmare for uh, those people who commuted uh, mm. between North Korea because you've got to do all the sums, you know. Oh, hang on. Are you saying it's also, half an hour ahead or eight yeah. and a half hours ahead? It's, well, uh, South Korea is nine hours ahead, I believe. Right. And North Korea said, no, we're not going to be nine hours ahead because that's imperialist. We're going to be eight and a half hours. So there. But surely the very fact that they went for a half hour meant they accepted the imperialism of deciding of when the, the hour started and finished. You know, if you've gone for 17 minutes, then I'd respect that. I mean, that's a really good point because actually it was calculated mm. way back in 1434 that it was actually 8 hours, 27 minutes and 52 seconds. Mm. <laughs> and you really, if the, you know, if they were going to commit, that's what they should yeah. have committed to, I think. Absolutely. Um, so um, it was used before. It happened between uh, 1908 and 1911 and 1954 to 1961. <clears throat> uh, but they were like, no, no, that's what we're going to do. Three and years later, so- three years later, Kim Jong Un was like, no, this is really stupid, <laughs> and I can't do them. Like forty-seven <laughs> minutes, I can't. It's too hard. So they changed it back to nine hours ahead in uh, twenty eighteen. So that was the that was the fourth time they'd changed it and changed it back. They've changed it all over the shop so many times. They, they talk about the hokey cokey and fishnets. Come along. What? <laughs> yes, let's talk about that. Um, what, what? Well, they just can't make their mind up, can they? No. They're putting their left uh, leg sure in, they're taking again. their right leg out. But, yeah. you know, they haven't got much in the way of telly, so it's something to do, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> but I didn't think that people could commute between North and South Korea. I thought one was completely um, no, there are, unobtainable there are, to the um, others. There are, there, are, there are, I think, factories or something built I think in North Korea that South no or vice versa, one way or the other, it's it's a way of North Korea basically making some money. Yeah, right. I think I think mm. they have some factories and people come and work in them or something. Mm. You wouldn't catch me doing it. <laughs> Pyongyang has a big. It's big. Um, they have a big animation uh, studio. You should read um, a book called Pyongyang by Guy Delisle. No, you Guy should read it. De- I've read it. I don't have to do it again, and I certainly no, don't intend to. You bought but- it and put it on your bookshelf, no, no. and you never got round to reading it. You just saw the pricing version. That's fine. Insult my girlfriend as much as you like. <laughs> <clears throat> but it's, it's, a, it's a picture book. It's an animation. It's a comic 
uh, oh, a wow. Oh, novel. now I'm interested. And it's, it's this guy. <laughs> I might read that then. He's, he's an animator and he's, he's mm. sent to Pyongyang to oversee a massive animation project. And everyone has not a clue how to do it. But he does all these drawings of these mad encounters and things that happen to him there. It's brilliant. It's really good. Mm. All right. God, I was trying to bring something of quality <laughs> to this. Interested. I imagine yes, the, I'm the interested. feud God, between North Korea and South Korea is like yeah. that between Guernsey, Guernsey and Jersey. Yeah. And there's <laughs> loads of stories of Jersey. dogs and poos and bum bums, all right? <laughs> Happy? <laughs> oh, good. Uh, yeah, there's many good. dead guest workers as there are on Sark. Um, happy <laughs> birthday to. Yes. Have we broken Jake? No, I don't know. No. <laughs> no. If you swear and I have to bleep something, so help me, that might break me today. <laughs> Oh, you absolutely, honestly. It's all right, it's all right. To... Oh my God, Lizzie. (laughs) Happy birthday to Blind Jack Metcalf. What do you think Blind Jack Metcalf was good at? I think Blind Jack Metcalf is is the name for a children's puppet that's shaped like a penis. (laughs) <laughs> That's one-eyed Jack Metcalf. Blind oh, Jack I'm Metcalf so <laughs> was a... I was thinking, didn't he run Pret-a-Manger? <laughs> His sandwiches were terrible. <laughs> he was a road builder. He was Britain's most prolific 18th century road builder, despite being blind from the age of six. Um, he was also, at various points, a card player and fiddler, but between 1765 and 1792, he built 180 miles worth of road, because he invented good roads. At one point, he had a bet with Colonel Little, who would leave London first and arrive in Harrogate soonest. Colonel Little was going to go by horse and coach. Blind Jack Metcalf was going to walk whilst being blind, and he still won. Blind Jack Metcalf, born this day in 1770. That shows you how rubbish roads were. Um... Happy death day to Philippa of Hainault. She died in 1369. She was the Queen Consort of Edward III and she ruled as regent when he was away in the Hundred Years' War. And she convinced her husband not to murder the burghers of Calais. Not the burghers. Oh, anything <laughs> no. but the burghers. Leave me the chips. Is that like, <laughs> is that like Hamburglar in the Ronald McDonald thing? Yes. Is it, came out and I'm imagining some rubber. sped up footage and some chasing about with axes yeah. and yakety sacks. What happened to Ronald McDonald and the Hamburglar? They just sort of disappeared, didn't they? Or Hamburglar they... was executed. Um, yeah. For uh, he, 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 he ended up doing a border dash trying to get, but he got caught in Texas yeah. where they have the death penalty. Oh. Uh, he spent seven years on death row and was finally executed. It was horrendous. What, it took what did he have his last attempt. meal? When he looked out beyond the screen, all he could see, only Grimace came. The rest of them didn't come at all. Mm, awful. He was hoping for the Fry Guys or Mayor McCheese. But it was <laughs> well, Mayor McCheese ordered the execution. Yeah, he could have signed oh. it. He could have commuted it was a the reprieve. sentence. The, the lawyers had the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all drawn up. And it got to, it was like three minutes to midnight and they, it, it yeah. was on his desk and he's, he pretended he needed a bowel yeah. movement so that yeah. it would trip past midnight. But actually he just went and played uh, Angry Birds in yeah. the loo for five minutes. Yeah, awful. There was no, he forgot wow. to play, he didn't even flush when he came out. Really, really. No <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel really bad I mean, that's possibly because he has an impacted bowel. Yeah. But, you know. Hmm. Um, Hamburglar, as he died, the last thing he saw was the mute, because it was behind the glass, just the mute laughing face of Ronald McDonald, this horrible, macabre clown face in the half light. God, just awful. Oh, dear. Oh, well. 
well. He was frying Lizzie. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done. Oh, well done. It's been good. It's been good. Dirty birdie. Dirty birdie. We got what dirty birdie we got. We got very confusing. Very black. Very confusing. <laughs> I didn't understand any of that time thing. It's like Marty McFly getting his knickers in a twist. Very Marty odd. McFly. Martin McCutcheon and her flying flat. Um, oh, <laughs> Edison the Plonker. She's pleasant bowels as well, doesn't she? Oh, she very pleasant bowels. I'm sure she's written a song about it. Um, Mr Edison was My a plonker. My much smoother than they used to be because of yoghurt, she says. Oh, yes, of course. They just drop there was right the whole... out. I love these yogurts. They make me go round and round on my chair. <laughs> they zoom out like eels. They just slither away like otters. I can I barely just... even get to the bowl. I like Martin <laughs> McCutcheon. Yeah, you'd like her with yogurt all over her. Oh, so we've wow. got. <laughs> I met her at a party once. She was really nice. Really? Uh, oh, she was claiming to be the British Madonna. I was at a party with her and Robbie Williams once. Way, way, way back. I think it was when he was just the fat one who'd left take that. But he was doing the Regency rooms a lot. Anyway. Was it a great phenol? Phenol Barbatol? What's phenol Barbatol? Mm. What is phenol Barbatol? uh, He was a pirate, I think. An opiate (laughs) that's made, I guess, of phenol and other things. Not See, we never got trip. we never got to the we never got to the bottom of what phenol, phenol was. Actually, all right, hang on. Phenol, phenol is... in the bottom. Could you put phenol in your bottom? You definitely Would that could. Make it's it an aromatic better. organic compound. Oh, I was right. It was organic with molecular form of C6H5OH. It's a white crystalline solid that is volatile. It consists of a phenyl oh. group bonded to a hydroxy group. Mildly acidic. It requires careful handling because it can cause chemical burns oh my favorite character in the simpsons <laughs> um i mm, i just i just <sighs> it would give me it would give me a certain sense of satisfaction to see jake desperately lose the entire week mm. <laughs> i'm sensing that um but i, I mean i would i would to you this is uh, an amusing <laughs> Diversion before you go and start cocktails. Yeah, yeah. This is my whole world. This is my whole Mm -hmm. life. Sorry. Two hundred and eighty-six episodes. Like, yeah. You never know. If once once you sort of go back over the whole thing, you might discover that you're winning the whole year. You might. Might get in touch, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) But um, to be fair, Pyongyang is. Which is why I'm going to give the points. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I'm going to give the point to that. Well, I've got a point for doing the bleeps. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. I will give you. I will give you a bonus point for doing the bleeps. You. F- there we go. Oh, that takes it to not five worth three. It. Literally not well worth done. it. It's literally not worth it. <laughs> that makes it five three. <laughs> you f- scratching. F- Guzzling. (laughs) (laughs) And on that torrent of film, be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what happened on the 16th. Watching a kid with a magnifying glass on a (laughs) hot isn't it? (laughs) 
Ow, ow, I hurt my tummy. Laughing at the two of you. Laughing at the pathetic little men. Fine. Bye, everyone. Bye. I should just write some kind of really derogatory epithet across my face and <laughs> lipstick and send it to you, Lizzie. Maybe you would be happier. It would, only I've just... Oh, good, another one. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye.